Punks vs. Zombies by John Cronshaw Episode 3, Chapter 10 Crashed cars and wandering zombies clogged the streets ahead. Layla swerved to avoid them, jerking the wheel sharply to miss a zombie lunging into their path. It thudded against the side of the van before staggering away. Too close, she muttered. Tommy nodded, his hands pressed firmly against the dashboard. They drove in tense silence for a few more minutes. When Tommy spotted a store up ahead, he cleared his throat. We should pull in and stock up. Let's make it quick. Layla signaled to the other vans and came to a stop. They stepped into the cold night air. The area looked deserted. Tommy tried the door. Locked. Step aside, children. Zero approached with a tire iron smashing the window. Layla rolled her eyes. Subtle. Tommy climbed through the broken window into the mess inside. While Layla gathered snacks and lighters, Tommy grabbed water bottles and maps. Where are you headed? Zero asked. Philly, Tommy said. We're headed back to Pittsburgh. Should stick together, strengthen numbers. Yeah. Returning to the van, Tommy jumped into the passenger seat, Layla taking the wheel. Tommy glanced back at Mickey, his eyes glazed, his body still shaking. Navigating the empty streets towards the highway, Lila swerved around a lone, staggering zombie. She gunned the engine as she weaved between abandoned cars and debris, the van's worn shocks bouncing them around like pinballs. Layla sighed. We need to find more weapons at the next stop. Maybe a gun store? She shook her head. No guns. We can't afford to attract more of those things with noise. And if we've got guns, we'll need bullets. That'll be a lot of weight to carry around. Tommy nodded. She was right, of course. They'd have to get creative. What about a sporting goods store? Baseball bats, golf clubs. That could work. Anything silent but deadly. She paused, biting her lip. Do you think Mickey is up for this, for any of it? Mickey sat curled against the window now, eyes closed. I don't know. But what can we do? We've survived worse. She turned to him, eyebrows raised. Worse? Worse than a goddamn zombie apocalypse? He grinned. What about those late-night van breakdowns? That club owner in Chicago where the promoter did a runner and we had to beg for gas? Or that dive in Newark that ended up being full of Nazis? She laughed. When you put it like that. After a while, they approached a small town. An old-fashioned main street. Brick storefronts. Tommy caught Layla's eye and nodded. Time to gear up and face whatever came next. She pulled the van up onto the sidewalk and cut the engine. No signs of zombies. The other bands parked up behind them. They slipped out, weapons in hand. Layla with her bass guitar, Tommy clutching a busted drum stand. Mickey trailed behind, holding a single drumstick. Zero stepped in and jimmied the lock on the nearest shop, a mom-and-pop sporting goods store called Frank's. A bell jangled as they entered the dark space. Tommy hurried to the back wall, grabbing the biggest baseball bat he saw. Lila found the golf clubs and shoved some into her bag. Tommy's eyes lit up. Hey, an axe section. Layla joined him as he selected a small fireman's axe, perfect for lopping off zombie heads. He also grabbed a hunting knife to strap to his belt. They gathered up rope, flashlights, and other gear before slipping back out of the shop. Layla held up a hand, gesturing for quiet. Distant moans reached them, echoing through the empty streets. The zombies were coming. Tommy rushed back to the van. As the noises grew louder, Layla slammed the van door shut. Let's get out of here, she said. 
We're as ready as we're going to be. She slammed her foot down on the gas, speeding off down the street. The moans faded behind them. After a few minutes, Mickey spoke up. So what's the plan? We can't just drive forever. Layla turned around to face him. We need to get out of the cities. Find an isolated place we can fortify and wait this out. Somewhere rural. A farm, maybe. A farm? Mickey scoffed. Seriously? We're a punk band, not farmers. Layla rolled her eyes. It was just a suggestion. We need self-sufficiency right now. Tommy shook his head. We're heading back to Philly. That's the beginning and end of the plan for me. He thought about Neve and Sean. Were they safe? He had to get back to them. A scraping sound came from above. All three of them looked up. A zombie crawled across the van's roof, peering down through the front windshield. Its milky eyes locked with Tommy's. Layla screamed and slammed the brakes. The zombie slid off the hood with a thud. Mickey sat up straight. What the hell? More zombies emerged ahead. Layla threw the van in reverse, narrowly missing the mink's van behind them. Brace yourselves. Tires squealing, she whipped the van around in a chaotic three-point turn. The zombies lurched towards them. Layla sped off in the other direction, gripping the steering wheel tight as they sped away. The image of the zombie's milky eyes etched into Tommy's mind. What the hell were those things? That was too close for comfort, Layla said. We need to be more careful. No more main roads, Tommy said. We'll stick to the side streets from here on out. Layla gave a terse nod. They drove in tense silence, each lost in their own thoughts. After a while, the glowing vacancy sign of a roadside motel beckoned. Good enough for a few hours sleep, at least. If open. Layla pulled into the empty parking lot and killed the engine. Let's get a room and try to rest. Tommy nodded. Good call. We can figure out our next moves in the morning. Layla and Mickey both looked dead on their feet. They grabbed their meager supplies and headed for the motel office, hoping for a few precious hours of safety. Tommy was surprised when a woman greeted them at the front desk. She didn't seem phased by three punk bands turning up after midnight. None of them mentioned the zombies. Room key in hand, Tommy unlocked the door to their dingy motel room, and they shuffled inside. Mickey collapsed onto one of the twin beds, not even bothering to take his boots off. Layla set her bag on the other bed. At least someone's gonna sleep tonight. Let him rest for now. We'll figure this out. Tommy did a quick sweep of the room to make sure it was secure. They'd stayed in worse places. He grabbed a couple of sodas from the mini-fridge and handed one to Lila. They sat at the small table by the window, looking out at the parking lot bathed in the red glow of the vacancy sign. Layla tapped a rhythm on the table. So what's next? It's a long drive back to Philly. Tommy took a deep breath. I think we need to find him some help. Get him to a doctor. Maybe get some methadone or something. Layla nodded. That could work. But where? Everything's chaos out there. We'll figure it out. He finished his soda and tossed the can into the trash. Let's get some rest. We can talk to Mickey in the morning. Layla agreed. They did one more check of the room, then finally laid down to sleep. Chapter 11 A loud knock jolted Tommy awake. He got up and moved to the door. Who is it? It's Roxy. He opened the door and met her fear-filled eyes. Hey, what's up? We've got a situation, Tommy. Her usually melodic voice was tight, clipped. It's Kim. 
Tommy and Layla gathered their things and roused Mickey awake to follow Roxy out to the parking lot. Members of her band stood near their van in the gray morning light. Show them, Roxy said to Kim. Kim jutted out her chin and yanked up her sleeve. The wound was unmistakable, a savage crescent-shaped bite mark, flesh ragged and oozing, the telltale sign of infection. Damn. Mickey took a step back. How'd it happen? Tommy asked. Back at the clock tower, Roxy said. But she says she feels fine. No fever, nothing. She held up her hands. We don't know what to do. There's a lot we don't understand about this virus, Tommy said. Maybe she can fight it off. We shouldn't make any rash decisions. Layla's eyes blazed, her mouth a hard line. She needs to leave. Now. If that thing spreads, it's the only responsible thing to do. Let's think this through. Tommy rubbed the back of his neck. We can't just abandon her. Layla glared at him. What if she turns into one of those freaks and kills us all? We don't know if that's how this stuff works. Roxy shook her head. We do. News says it spreads through bodily fluids, bites, scratches, and then it takes over. The words hung in the air, heavy as lead. Tommy glanced at Kim, at the fear lurking in her eyes beneath the defiance. I think Layla's right. Roxy wrung her wrists. We have to contain this. No. They all turned as the mink's drummer stepped forward, his gravelly voice low but firm. We don't abandon bandmates on the road. Roxy glowered at him. But she might have it. Spike shrugged. And she might not. Tommy raised a hand. How about this? The back of your van separate from the cabin, right? Roxy nodded. You mean like quarantine her in there? Exactly. It's gonna be a squeeze. Tommy jerked a thumb behind him. Split a few of your guys between the vans if you have to. Just keep Kim separate. Spike nodded. Yeah. Isolated, but not abandoned. Roxy let out a sigh. I guess we can keep an eye on her. Reassess once we know more. Without protest, Kim climbed into the back of the furious Minx van, her eyes meeting Tommy's for a brief moment before the door slammed shut. Spike came over and seemed to force a smile. All right if I ride with you guys? Tommy nodded. Sure. They climbed back into their vehicles, engines rumbling to life. Tommy took a deep breath as he watched the mink's van pull away, Kim's face peering from the back window. Layla sat next to him, arms crossed. This is a mistake. You know what needs to be done, you're just too soft to do it. He bristled at her words. There's no need to be so extreme. Kim's still human. We owe it to her to at least try. Layla scoffed. She's not human anymore, and the longer we pretend she is, the more danger we're in. She turned to the window. Maybe Layla was right, but he couldn't accept it. Not yet. Mickey leaned between the seats and clapped a hand on his shoulder. You did good, man. We'll figure this out. He nodded, hoping Mickey was right. As Layla pulled away from the motel, Tommy couldn't shake the feeling that the hard choices were just beginning. Spike stared from the window, air whistling through his nose. He told them about Kim, how they'd grown up together, been best friends since grade school. If anyone had the right to an opinion here, it was him. What do you think, Spike? Tommy asked. About all this? Spike remained silent so long Tommy didn't think he'd respond. This whole thing is bullcrap. She's still Kim, 
Still family. We don't turn our backs on family. Tommy let out a breath he didn't know he'd been holding. We can't abandon her when she needs us most. Layla's head whipped around. So that's it then? We just ignore the very real danger and pretend everything's fine? He held up a hand. No one's suggesting that. But we need to be smart, take precautions without being cruel. Lila opened her mouth to argue, but Mickey interrupted. Look, we're all on edge here. It's been a mess since the Gilman, but we've got to stick together or we don't stand a chance. Kim's one of us. We look out for our own. Layla sighed but didn't push back. An uneasy silence settled over the van as they continued down the deserted highway. All right, Tommy said. The best we can do is keep an eye on her condition. At the first sign things are taking a turn, we deal with it. You saw those eyes, right? That's how we'll know. Layla's lips pressed into a thin line, but she gave a curt nod. Over the next few hours, the atmosphere in the van was subdued. Tommy kept glancing in the side mirror, watching the mink's van following close behind. Kim was in there, alone and dealing with whatever was happening to her. Part of him wondered if they'd made the right choice. Were they helping her or just delaying the inevitable? There were no easy answers anymore. All they could do was take it one mile at a time and hope they'd make the right turns. For the next hour or so, Tommy stared out the passenger window, his forehead creased with worry. In the back, Mickey jiggled his leg relentlessly, while Spike just sat there. Tommy wanted to say something to lighten the mood, but nothing came. Roxy flashed her van's lights. Layla slowed and pulled over to the shoulder. Mickey groaned. What now? They climbed out and gathered around the minx van. Kim lay inside, looking paler than before. It's getting worse, Roxy said. She needs help. Help we can't give her, Layla said. We need to do something. A war raged in Tommy between sympathy and uncertainty. Let's give it a little more time. We can keep monitoring her, try to make her comfortable. Roxy narrowed her eyes. We need to do something. What if she attacks? We need to make the tough choice here. All eyes turned to Tommy. He took a deep breath. I'll keep an eye on her. Layla shot him a glare. You'll do what? We'll still isolate her in the van for now, but I'll stay back there too, keep an eye on things. He raised a hand to silence Layla's protest. It's the best compromise we've got. He looked down at his hunting knife. And if things take a turn... To be continued. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe so you don't miss the next episode of Punks vs. Zombies. You can find out more about John Cronshaw and his work by visiting johncronshaw.com. Punks vs. Zombies is copyright John Cronshaw and Wyvern Books Limited. All rights reserved. This is a work of fiction. Names, characters, businesses, places, events, locales, and incidents are either the products of the author's imagination or used in a fictitious manner. Any resemblance to actual persons, living or dead, or actual events is purely coincidental.